Well, good morning and welcome to Winners Win Live. I'm Christopher Coakley, president of Surge 365, and uh, thank you for joining us this morning as we just try to do a little training, um, a little update, a little of everything uh, for you this morning in this uh, critical time that we're in right now. I, I, I am such at a loss for words. I really don't know what to say about the time we're in right now. It's it's something none of us had ever experienced in our lifetime and ever even anticipated or even dreamed of experiencing um, in our lifetime. I'm on day 15 of quarantine, and uh, so I haven't left my home in 15 days. And, and it's just, uh, it's surreal to watch and hear what's actually happening uh, in this country. You know, yesterday we reached over a thousand uh, people that succumbed to this virus in one day, a thousand people in a day. And, uh, and they're saying that it could go as high as 2,000 people in a day. And they're saying it could reach as high as 200,000 people. And I can't wrap my mind around that. I can't fathom that, that a virus is, is on the rampage like that. And, um, and so my condolences to anyone who's lost a loved one um, to this pandemic, to this virus. Uh, my condolences to, to any and every one of you. Um, my prayers are with you and also with each and every one of you that may have someone fighting the virus. You know, that as many people that have succumbed, there's 50 times more people that are still in the battle of their lifetime um, with this virus. And so we have to pray for their strength and uh, ability to make it through this. And... Uh, and then those fortunate few that were blessed enough to recover and how some of them are volunteering to help create a vaccine from their antibodies that could possibly fight this. Thank you. Thank you for being selfless and helping us to um, to battle this and to fight this. And uh, and this pandemic is going to affect so many of us in so many ways. Um, not only that that I just talked about, but I posted not too long ago, and so many people responded that uh, this virus will probably bankrupt more people than it kills. And I truly believe that's, that's true, as we're watching every company be affected by the fact that we must practice social distancing and we must be quarantined and we must stay home. And so any business based on physical contact is suffering right now, and so many people are being laid off. I mean, we had uh, a job loss of over 700,000 for the month of March. And we had bank and we had unemployment filings of 10 million in just a two week period of time. And, and so that will continue uh, to get worse. You know, of the 700,000 jobs in March lost, uh, over 400,000 were just in the restaurant and, you know, tourism industry. And so Every industry that, that was built upon touch and taking care of people face-to-face -face, um, is being affected tremendously. And so, so many households have lost their income. And there's a lot of talk about stimulus and money and help uh, that's on the way, but it hasn't gotten here yet. And 
And you know, we all know and have, have heard before that most people are living paycheck to paycheck. And and a lot of people's last paycheck was weeks ago. And I know the, the food pantry line here in Texas, um, although we're advising people not to go outside because they could possibly lose their lives, they have to go outside to get the food and things they need to feed their family. The line was a mile and a half long, a mile and a half long of having to stand in line around people you don't know and you don't know their uh, medical status, but you have to weigh the risk of feeding your family or, or possibly uh, getting this virus. So it's really difficult right now. That I will not deny. But I truly believe some of us have a, a purpose that's directly going to be attached to what's happening right now. See, see you have to be who you are, no matter what's going on. What's evident of that is if you look at our medical professionals, if you look at our nurses, my mother was a nurse before she passed. My mother would work double shifts and then do private duty on the weekend. And sure, she was trying to take care of her family, but she was she made a commitment to help people. And she was great at what she did because she did it because she cared. And I look at our nurses and doctors today who leave their houses every day, hoping not to bring this virus back home to their families, but knowing they can not just stay home and do nothing. And so they charge into danger every day to try to help save lives. Reminds me of kind of like firefighters who somehow are structured to run into a burning building if they think they could save someone. See, not all of us has that. that that's a special type. But police officers, they run towards the gunshot and, and the danger instead of running away like the rest of us. Police officers right now on the front line, medics, all people who are running into the danger, because it's their job to save lives. And that makes me think, what was I doing before this happened? And I realized that I was, my goal, my mission, this company's mission was to heal nations with vacations. Our mission has always been, since the day I got in this field, in a company that was doing financial services was to help people grow financially, to help people have a shot at becoming financially independent, of building a legacy, leaving something to their children's children, and to see a pandemic wipe away, in some people's cases, everything that they built and worked hard for, the houses that they were finally able to buy for their family, the cars, all of it's in jeopardy if their companies don't stay intact, if their, if their jobs aren't there if they don't make a decision to do something different. See, when you look at this stimulus package, I, I think it's great that the country has decided to back up and support the people, but, but there's no package that's complete. There's people that are gonna fall through the cracks. That, that, you know, I spoke to my brother who was 
on unemployment, collected unemployment before this happened. And then now that this happened, it's even harder, if not, it's not harder, it's impossible for him to find work. But he also doesn't know because he's already had all the unemployment he qualified for if he could reapply. So, so he's looking forward to a one-time stimulus check that won't be enough for him to survive. So what is he to do while this is going on? I don't know. You have some people who they did increase the limit of unemployment to 600 a week. That's 2,400 a month. More than 60 million Americans took home less than 2,400 a month. So this will replace 100% of their income. But what about the people who fought for more? What about the people that are accustomed to making 3000 a month, 4000 a month, 5000 a month? What about the people who, who went to college and, and got college degrees and, and all kind of debt to pay for those degrees to come out and make six and seven and $8,000 a month? What about the corporate executives that were making 100 and $150,000 a year? eight and $10,000 a month. They can't live on $2,400 a month of unemployment and one stimulus check. And most of them won't even get the stimulus check because it cuts off if you make over $75,000 a year as an individual or $150,000 as a couple. They're going to have to find in a time when it's almost impossible to find a way to replace their income to replace their jobs. And then you take entrepreneurs who put everything they have into building their businesses and building their brands that don't know if they'll ever be able to come back because this pandemic will not just affect us physically, but it will affect us mentally and it will affect the way this whole country operates. And some of the businesses that were relevant before this happened won't find relevancy when it's done. I saw one of the top restaurateurs on TV say that laid off recently 4,000 of his own workers, that 75% of the restaurants in America won't even make it back. 75% won't make it out of this. Those restaurants are closed. They're gone forever. And so when I look at all these different angles, I said, who's supposed to help them? Who's supposed to attack that issue? Who's supposed to try to save families from not only possibly the devastation of losing a loved one, but then the devastation of losing everything they own afterwards? And as I asked the question, the person in the mirror looked back at me and said, you. This is what you've been trained for. This is what you've been working towards for 34 years. This is what you dreamed about. This is what was on your goal sheet to help people become financially independent. And now that you've got the biggest war 
against financial independence taking place, you can't bow out. You got to charge for it. And so I started to look for the light in this darkness. And I started to look for the blessings that are going to come out of this. And I started to think about how life is going to change in positive ways. And I, I've, and, and now hope has taken over and replaced fear. And, and see, hope is the understanding and belief that a better time is coming, that even this too shall pass and that we'll make it. So what are we gonna do? I hope we're gonna look at the light in this situation and turn it into a positive. See, this quarantine, I think is gonna do incredible things for our families, emotionally and spiritually. See, people right now are rediscovering their spouses and getting to know their children better than they ever have. They're realizing the value of what they have. We've been talking about the ability to have finance and time freedom to spend with our family. And although we talked about it, so many people have never experienced it. They're experiencing it right now, the time freedom to spend with your family. And I truly believe it's gonna do something for marriages and relationships all over the world. I truly believe there's going to be a greater hunger to keep this even when the pandemic has passed. To be free, to enjoy your family and your children and, and a lifestyle, I think it's gonna become a hunger and more and more people's stomach, and that can only be good. To, to, to build a relationship with your, with your children and children with their parents can only be strong for the next generation. I, I believe that with everything in me. We, we're learning life skills that some of us had long ignored. And then people are gonna realize that, that because your shopping has to be focused in, and if you're doing like me and shopping online, you've got to create a list that, that when you control what you buy and what you eat, it's not only less expensive, but healthier, but also when you re-engage with cooking and preparing food for yourselves and for your family, the love that goes into that, it just tastes so much better. See, I used to go in a grocery store with a cart, and just shop and then be shocked at how much it is when I got to the counter. But I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a list. I just went in and, and fell victim to their design of shelves and marketing and glitz and glamour and lights and, and then, oh yeah, I need that and I need this and I need that. See, now when you make a list, you find out, guess what? You were a victim of their marketing. You don't have to spend that much money to feed your family. You don't have to grab everything that's on the shelf. You don't have to 
you can be very precise. See, we're relearning things that used to be fundamental. And I think that's awesome. We're relearning simple stuff about how to take care of ourselves and our families and our homes. We got to do a lot of stuff ourselves because you can't call repairmen over because you've got a social distance. And so what your family needs, you're stepping up and taking care of it yourself. We're, we're communicating. We're, we're calling relatives that we used to take for granted and let time go by that we didn't even speak to them. But now that we can't speak to them, we all of a sudden have a desire, overwhelming desire to speak to them and speak to them often. And so we're reconnecting with our extended families like we never have before. And we're not hurrying up and rushing and getting off the phone because we've got nothing else to do or no place to go. And so we're taking our time and leaning back and actually having conversations. Now, I'm hoping this is what everybody's doing. I'm telling you what I know I'm doing. But I'm hoping this is an experience that everybody's having. And if they are, it's going to change the world. And so that last piece is those of you who can hear my voice, we got to go out. And we got to find out how we can help people that need to replace their income to replace their income. That, that desire to stay home with their families, how they can build a business that will allow them to, to do exactly that. Who want to be in business with their families, how they can start a family business and, 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 and do exactly that. For those who want to make sure that they keep their homes and, and cars and the things that they work so hard to build and, and to replenish their 401ks and their investments and their retirement goals and dreams that we can show them a vehicle that'll help them do that. And see, all we've got to do, guys, is ask the questions and people will tell you exactly what they need. Ask them, have they lost their job? And some have and a lot haven't. There's a lot of people who are now working from home that have never worked from home before and is realizing that's an experience that they actually enjoy. There's also a lot of people that are going into danger every day. because their job was deemed essential. That which they didn't have to do that, but they need the money. See guys, we still need to, from home, prospect and communicate with people and ask questions to find out exactly what their situation is. And then look at our business opportunity and decide how we can help them. See, guys, we're not worried about travel because travel is the lifeblood of most gross national products of most countries in the world. It has to make a comeback. It will make a comeback. But that's not our entire opportunity. 
See, the side of opportunity that's always been the most prominent, but sometimes talked about the least, is the business opportunity. It's the opportunity to build a network of people who love travel and love helping people. And those who build the biggest networks make the most money. Whether you ever book travel or become a travel planner, that's all an option you have before you. But if you can build a network, if you can continue to recruit people, not recruit people to become travel agents but or to join our business, but really to join our mission of helping other people. See, now's the time to do it. Don't go talk to people about, hey, come join us so you can make money. Talk to people about, hey, come join us so you can help us go get more people to come join us, to help us get more people to come join us to heal nations. Show them how they can build a network and make unlimited $1,000 bonuses, $10,000 bonuses, $25,000, residual income. How they can solidify this lifestyle they've been forced into to become a haven, a safe haven, a, a fun haven, a, a, a joyful haven to be able to Put your family first and still earn the income necessary to build a legacy you can leave to your children's children. This is what we've always talked about, but it was so difficult sometimes to convince people because they were so busy in the rat race trying to make ends meet. We've all been forced to slow down and examine where we are. And part of that examination for each and every one of you is the gift you have to give of self-employment, of a business opportunity, of a chance to do something different and special that could absolutely change your life. See, there's millions of people in the world, and especially in America, that have never even heard of network marketing, have never even heard of multi-level marketing. And so as they're thinking of their options and what am I going to do and how am I going to fix this, we're not even an option in their head because they don't even know what this is about. And that's why it's so important for you to not be quiet right now. See, every time you don't feel like moving, think of the nurse that's got to go run in. Think of the doctor that's got to go. Think of the police officer that's got to go. Think of the EMT that's got to go. Think and say to yourself, I got to go too because I got a job to do. The other side of the job they're doing. They're going rushing to save them physically. We got to rush to save them financially. And so I'm going to talk about probably one of my favorite books that I think encompasses the time that we're in and what we need to do as leaders to play our part. See, it's a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And these have been principles that I've constantly referred back to throughout my career because I just think they're so 
essential to success. And so I want to run through those seven things with you as I begin to wind down today. And I want you to apply them immediately to your own leadership, to your own self-improvement. Because guys, we have time that we can either waste or we can use to get better. I heard a billionaire once was asked the question, what does it take to be a billionaire? And he said, about 10,000 hours of mastering your business. And see, most people never have that many hours because they never go full time and all in and totally sell out. But those that do become wildly successful. And so that we've got more hours, it might not be 10,000, but we've got more hours than we've ever had. And I want you to use some of those hours on you getting better because leadership is the key. If we can lead people out of this situation into a better, we will have affected the world. 10 million file for unemployment. We only need a million of them to start a movement that will never, ever be stopped. Let's go get a million of them. Let's go find that million that's looking for us, that's praying right now as I speak for an answer, for a better way, for a new solution, for a business idea. A friend of mine called me the other day and said, man, there's got to be a way we can make money during this time. See, just looking for, thinking about what is the light in this darkness? And I said, funny you should say that. The very business that I've mentioned to you a few times. And now I explained it again with a new set of ears because he was listening differently because his life is completely different than it was a couple of weeks ago. I'm not the only one that has a friend like that. All of you know people who today are completely different people than they were a month ago because their lives are completely different. Their priorities are completely different. Their opportunities are completely different. And so rather than remind them of that, reintroduce it to them with the same enthusiasm and vigor as if it's the first time you're telling them about it. And watch a difference that that makes. Watch a difference people have when they have hope because they have an opportunity or an answer to that which they worry about the most. There are people that are worried about catching the virus. But from looking at that line outside the food bank, it seems like they're more worried about survival than they are a virus. They're more worried about feeding their families than they are a virus. They're more worried about how they're going to make it. So don't discount the fact that people are absolutely scared to death of not only this virus, but of what's going to happen to their life by the time this is all said and done. And not only can you help, but you have an obligation, a duty. It's what we've prayed about, to have a chance to help. Now, do it safely 
from your home. Follow the laws. But do it. So let me run through these habits for you. And I want you to implement. I want you to absorb. I want you to take them to the next level. See, the first one is be proactive. See, it should be our choice. It should be our decision. And when it's your choice and your decision, then you have control. And share that with people because some people aren't going to do things until it's too late. See, they're not going to start looking for plan B until their plan A is completely destroyed. Some of them are on furlough, which means the company's saying that at some point we're probably going to bring you back. But some of those companies are going to discover during this process that, and, and that they're not going to be able to bring them back. But if you're furloughed right now, you should be already thinking if they don't bring me back. I can't put my life and my family's future in the hands of a possibility of a maybe. Maybe I need to start looking at something else. See, when it's their choice, when it's their decision, then they have control. See, see, some people aren't going to start looking for a way to make money to the money they've got run out. That's not. See, you got to start thinking about the fact that the money's going to run out before it runs out. Remember, our parents used to always say, you got to save for a rainy day. So you had to prepare for the day before it was raining. You didn't wait till it started raining and go, it's a rainy day. I should start saving. No, you save for a rainy day. You prepare before the day comes. Not only do we need to do this, we got to talk to people about why it's so important to be proactive. Why is it so important for you to take a look at where you are and understand that if you don't do something different today, you're not going to be prepared two or three months from now when things are different. Number two, you got to begin with the end in mind. See, this too will pass. What is it going to look like for you on the other side? See, you need to examine that and you got to set a goal. Before you go out and start to run around talking to everybody, you got to sit down and set a goal. And then you got to teach everyone how to do the same. What do you see happening when this is all done for you and your family? So that everyone can begin this fight with a vision of the end in mind, with a vision of how this is going to turn out. See, I believe that when this is all said and done, so many of you will have changed your life in so many significant ways. We're going to see more families become financially independent and financially free than we had ever dreamed of before. This was Coach's dream that in 2020 would create 10,000 financially free families. I truly believe we'll exceed that. People will make decisions they wouldn't have otherwise made to go all in and all out and helping people. And my mentor always said the quality and quantity of life is indirect. I mean, that the quality that, the, oh, let me say this right. The level you achieve in life is in direct proportion to the quality and quantity of service you provide to others. And we've never had more people that need our service than we do right now. 
And so you provide quality and quantity to the masses. The levels you will achieve will far exceed anything you've ever dreamed of. So what are you dreaming of? What is the end result you'd like to see when it's all said and done? Would you like to be financially free and independent? To spend more time with your family, traveling the world? Then that's what's possible if we go do what we need to do today. Number three, you got to prioritize first though, guys. This is so important, especially now more than ever. It's always been important. We've always talked about it. But I'm watching more people finally do it. So you got to put first things first. I've, been, I've always believed this. I've trained on it so many times. See, God, family, business, in that order. God, family, business. Whatever your spiritual beliefs got to be first. Your family has got to be second. Your business has got to be third. And you got to give each one 100% when you're focused on it. So you can't do half and halves and sort ofs and kindas. That's what people try to get, get by with in life. And they never really, really achieve the level that they need to achieve. See, when you're focused on your spirituality, when you're focused on your relationship with God, then focus on that and only that. Don't be uh, focused on that and trying to figure out how you can use that to build your business. If you're doing what you need to do in your business, you can afford to take the time off to focus only on your spirituality when that's necessary. If you're doing what you need to do in your business, then you can afford to take the time to spend with your family without working. See, when you're with your family, you shouldn't be trying to recruit everybody around you and ignoring that precious time you have with your family. If you take them out to dinner, you shouldn't be trying to recruit the waitress. If you're, at, if you're taking them to Chuck E. Cheese, you need to be in there in the big old ball tent with the kids, uh, not, not standing off to the side trying to figure out how you're going to recruit the parents. Give them each 100% of you when you're doing them. If you give your business 100%, it'll give you back enough for you to be free to enjoy your family and free to practice your religion. It's just that simple. And so you can give a hundred, a hundred, and a hundred at the appropriate time. I hear so many more people now talking about date nights and family days. It's essential. See, even in this house where neither one of us can leave, we both can get caught up in doing things and on laptops and on cell phones and TV and all other kind of stuff. And so we still kept intact our date nights. And on those nights, even though we're already home, we put down the phones, we closed the laptops, and we set up for dinner and a movie. Or, or dinner and dancing. If you if you're listening, you follow my theme. It all got something to do with some dinner in there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's some part of it. And we have fun, and we laugh, and we joke. Prioritize. You should have never stopped, but now more than ever, I hope some of you realize its importance. Number four. You got to always think of win-win scenarios. Win-win scenarios only. 
If you ever find yourself ready to make a decision that benefits you but nobody else, don't do it. That's a bad decision. See, every decision you make needs to help you and somebody else. It's got to be a win-win. When you think only in terms of win-win, you'll elevate your success. And so when you're talking to people, don't think of how you can recruit someone to get your next bonus. Think of how you can help them get their next bonus. Their next promotion. And what I found is what you help other people achieve, you achieve automatically. You get what you give. Every time. So give till it hurts. And watch how you get it back. See, that's number four. Think win-win scenarios only. Not most of the time, some of the time, when it's convenient. Only. Number five. This one's huge. Because it's about communication. And communication is the key right now and above all other things. Seek to understand before you seek to be understood. So you heard me say a little bit earlier, ask questions. See guys, time is not, right now is not the time to assume. Don't assume whether someone has or haven't been affected by the virus. Ask and then give your love and support. Don't assume someone's lost their job. Some have, some haven't. Ask so that you know exactly the scenario that you're dealing with. Don't assume that people can make ends meet. Ask. Don't assume that people have got enough food. Ask and then do what you can to help. See, seek to understand before you begin to share the business opportunity that you think may be the answer and you hope that they understand you. If you understand what they need and want, then as you explain this opportunity, you'll highlight the parts of it that answers their needs and wants. So seek to understand before you seek to be understood. Make sure that questions become so much more of your repertoire right now. Make sure that you don't assume or take anything for granted. Get to know what people are going through. They'll tell you exactly what they're looking for, what they need. Some of them will discover it right as you're talking, that this is what they need or this is what they want. And then you help them get it. But don't run out there telling people what you think is good and what they should want and how they should be focused on a plan B and on how they need to do something different and how they need to. Don't don't run around saying what they need to do. Run around asking what they want to do. Run around asking what situation they're in and what they need will present itself. And I truly believe our opportunity can help with all the things financially that people need and are looking for. And we have people who've earned income at every level to prove it. Number six, synergize and optimize 
but not compromise. See, guys, help each other. Form groups of support. Figure out ways you can come together and make a difference in the business, in your community. But don't compromise your integrity and who you are to do it. Don't join people that are not of like mind and like heart just because you think there'll be strength in the numbers. See, when you find people of like mind and like heart, you create a synergy. You, you create an energy that will focus and optimize your ability. And it should never require that you compromise your integrity or your character. See, if you realize the value of energy and synergy and how optimization will make you so much more efficient and reach so many more people. We got some, look at some of our directors right now. They're teaming up. They're doing webinars together. They're doing seminars together. They're doing Zooms together. They're, some of them aren't even in the same team. Sideline partners coming together from different states all over the country. See, they're synergizing. They're optimizing their efforts and abilities. But none of them are compromising who they are as people and what's important and what they value. If you hear my voice, you need to start to participate in that very same thing. Number seven. And this is the one that I really started with before I went into the seven habits. Because you have the time now to sharpen the saw. See, we must constantly work on ourselves. We're the tool to change the world. But only if we maximize our leadership ability. Because what the world needs now, what our communities need now, what our children need now, what our spouses need now is leadership. More than anything else, it's leadership. Leaders fueled by, elevated by, lifted by hope. hope. And that's what will crack the darkness wide open and unveil and reveal the light like never before. So we got to make a decision to flat get after it. We got to make a decision to help people still laugh and be positive because they know with everything in them, this too shall pass. Thanks for joining us on Winners Win this week. We'll be coming to you a lot more uh, as the president of Surge, as the CEO, Scott Tomer, and, and the co-CEO, Dwayne Vansell, uh, with updates and information all throughout the week. And, uh, and we're going to start to do these Winners Win even more frequently than every other week if we feel we have stuff that can help you take your life and your business to a whole nother level. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time on Winners Win.